The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is our preview podcast for the upcoming Cardinals and Angels series as Derek Ciapala. And I am here with Daniel Shoptoff from the Mimi at Mutual podcast. And we have three games, three big matchups coming up here. Um, for the Angels, anyways, on a road trip, they just, they just lost two out of Milwaukee. But the Cardinals are coming home. They get swept by the Dodgers. And things aren't looking too bright. So Daniel's here to fill us in. Daniel, how are you doing? I I could be doing better since they just got swept, but other than that, I'm doing fine. How are you, Derek? Uh, doing all right. You know, I, yeah, it's always weird to have these, these conversations. You're thinking, well, is this guy rubbing it in? No, no. We've, we've <laughs> endured our fair share of sweeps in the hands of the Dodgers as well, so we know. Mm. But um, I guess right away, I, I, the easiest question to ask and this is, what's wrong with the Cardinals? It's the easiest question to ask, but it's not the easiest question to answer. Um, unless you want to say everything, um, you know, right now it's, it's difficult to say, you know, just what is the whole problem? Um, you know, when the pitching goes well, the hitting doesn't, when the hitting does is, is going okay. The pitching isn't, um, you know, we knew going into this year that we, well, we thought we knew going into this year that the Cardinals rotation was going to be, it, it, we thought it'd be serviceable, but it wasn't going to be any great shakes. Um, we thought the bullpen would be very strong. We thought the offense was going to be one of the best in the league. We've seen flashes of all of that, um, but we haven't seen anything consistently, and we've seen a lot of struggles that we didn't expect. I mean, Nolan Arenado right now is like, I think, four for his last 47 or something like that. He hasn't hit a home run. He's only had two home runs in the first month. Um, So... Consistency may be the biggest thing that's the problem with the Cardinals. Um, now, if you're asking me how to fix it, that I can't tell you. Well, one of the things that stuck out to me is it's the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. No one ever expects the Cardinals to be 10 and 19. I can't remember the last time the Cardinals were 10 and 19. I can't, I, I mean, I'm sitting there trying to, to rack my brain. 
Well, you, I don't. You weren't alive. I, I, it, this is the worst start in fifty years. So I'm fairly sure to say you you have never seen a Cardinals team like that. I have never seen a Cardinals team like that. Now, granted, only by a couple of years, but um, it's 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 unheard of. You're right. But they but they are more talented than ten nineteen, right? They should be. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, taking that talent and translating is a different story. But yeah, I mean, this is an offense that has two MVP. Well, has the reigning MVP and a guy that was finished third in it. That's got the best free agent catcher that was on the market. It's got um, you know an international sensation and large newt bar. It had until this week um, a favorite for the rookie of the year. Um, it has all sorts of different pieces and talented. You know, Tommy Edmond has been a solid and you know underrated performer perhaps over the last couple of years. Um, you just look at all these pieces. You look at a bullpen that has you know Ryan Helsley, who was probably the best closer outside of Edwin Diaz last year in baseball. You have Giovanni Gallegos, a, a guy that has been extremely solid for two or three years. Um, and you have a rotation that. You know, Jordan Montgomery, Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, all pieces that have really good talent, really good potential that, you know, again, they're not necessarily top line aces, but they're guys that should be able to give you quality starts on a regular basis, but they're not doing it. And the offense isn't going there. So the talent is there, but why it's not all clicking and coming together, it's still just, it's baffling to watch. So you're in a division right now that is, in many ways, stunning because you're at the Pittsburgh Pirates at 20 and nine. Right. Nobody saw that coming. I don't, mm. I, nobody saw that coming. Mm. Milwaukee, you would expect them to be sitting there. At one point, though, do you do do you panic? <laughs> I guess it depends on the person because some people started panicking a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, you, you when you come into May as the Cardinals are. Over 10 games, well, 10 games out um, of the division lead, when you're multiple games out of fourth, when you're closer to the worst record in baseball than you are to, to fourth, or the worst record in the NL because the A's are really bad, um, there's concern. I mean, when you, st- you you look at this now, you know, maybe you hold on to that hope of, you know, what, 2019 Washington Nationals went 19 and 31, I think, and then wound up winning the World Series. And, you you know, you hold on to something like that. You hold on to some of the Cardinal history where they've been down in late in the season to be able to rally. So you think you've got a whole lot of time. But it's really getting to the point where, you know, they're going to have to play at almost a 100-win clip just to win 90 games. And I don't know. I don't think you wave the white flag yet. But I do think there's got to be some sort of shakeup on this team soon, or it's going to be very hard to get out of those doldrums. So talking about a shakeup, um, um, the one that stunned me was sending down Jordan Walker. Mm. That one stunned me. I mean, and my fantasy baseball teams are angry about that too. By the way, <laughs> they're not very happy about that. I know he was struggling a bit, but guy was still hitting two seventy four. Yeah, I mean, it's to me you'd expect a rookie bump at some point where they. You got to overcome the challenges, mm-hmm. and instead of instead of letting them work through it, they start sitting them, and then they send them down. I'm trying to make some sense of that, but to me, that sounds like bad decision making. Either you want him there or you don't. If you're bringing him up, you play him. 
And so you sit them, you know, play them here, play them there, sit them here, sit them there. Sit them down. Mm. Help me out here because from everything I saw, he's legit. And he's, he's good. He's, there's, there's a learning curve. Right. And, and there is. And I think Jordan Walker's demotion is in, in part due to him. But in larger part is because of the whole situation the Cardinals are in right now. One, Jordan Walker's still learning the outfield. I mean, he didn't move to the outfield till you know after the trade deadline last year. He's got very limited time, and he struggled in the outfield. If the Cardinals are fourteen and nine, maybe you can deal with those. You know, let him learn how to play outfield in the major leagues while he's you know just stick him out there every day. But when you're six, seven, eight, now nine games under five hundred. You you can't necessarily. I think there's some at least some thinking that you can't risk you know losing a game because he misses a fly ball or can't get to something. I mean, there's some of that, but the other part of it is I think that the Cardinals are trying to figure out how to run this roster. They've got five outfielders and they're trying to figure out how to play them all. Going into spring, going into the season. You know, that we talked about this, some of us did, when we were talking about Jordan Walker, and, and my personal thinking was, even as strong as he was in spring, that he wasn't going to go north because the Cardinals had all these outfielders, and they wasn't going to be able to get the playing time. I think the Cardinals thought that they would be able to rotate through the DH spot a little bit more, but Nolan Gorman's been one of the few people that's been a bright spot so far, and he's kind of taken over that DH spot. He'll play second occasionally, but so that cut into the time that they could put him in that role. Um, and so trying to figure out, you know, you've got Tyler O'Neill, you've got Alec Burleson, who they really like because of the, you know, he hits the ball hard and he's done well. You've got Lars Newtbar, who's same type of guy. You've got Dylan Carlson, who was, you know, a rookie of the year runner up a couple of years ago and a guy that kind of needs to find his footing. Um, and then you had Jordan Walker and trying to get time for all those guys was just becoming, I think, a little bit more than the Cardinals thought it would be. And the easiest solution right at the moment was to send Jordan Walker to Memphis, where he had never been, and let him work on some things. Plus, you know, he was hitting a lot of ground balls. He wasn't, you know, so the idea was sending to Memphis, learning how to learn to elevate a little bit more, work on the outfield. But my thinking is the Cardinals are also trying to figure out which of those four outfielders that, you know, try to showcase somebody, because I think they're going to try to make a trade in another week or two and clear up a spot, and then you'll see the return of Jordan Walker. And I think when they do that, they'll put him out there on a regular basis and have a starting outfield with a regular fourth outfielder instead of trying to almost play the matchups or continue to rotate so that nobody sits for too long. So, make sure you get this right. You think they're going to move somebody in the next yeah, that's my personal feeling. I haven't, you know, that's just my gut feeling just reading this because I don't think they can't keep this up for very long. And they don't think they can keep Jordan Walker down, assuming he doesn't like just crater at Memphis, which seems unlikely. Um, I just think that they're going to find, they're going to make some sort of, it may not be any significant move. It might be Dylan Carlson for, you know, a strong double A player. I think Dylan Carlson's worth more than that, but I'm just, just as a suggestion. It may not be anything that helps the major league team right now, but it clears that spot and it allows you to just, you know, say these are your four 
these guys are going to play and this guy's going to play every, you know, this fourth outfielder is going to play every three days or something like that. And this is, this is the way we're going to run for a while instead of trying to make sure that somebody, everybody's playing, you know, every two or three days. Interesting. Jordan Walker hit a home run yesterday down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, was quite noticeable as the Cardinals were being shut out. (laughs) So no, so I guess for the fantasy folks out there, those of us who have him and, and I, I, I have him on a lot of my teams. You're saying not too long on him. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll hold you to that. I don't think so. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, yeah. Come after me. If he's still down there at the end of May, I would be kind of surprised. So looking at this series now, the Angels come in 15 and 14. I'll be honest with you and tell you, you know, and that's a 15 and 14 that is all kinds of confusing. <laughs> there are games they, took, they should have won. Mm-hmm. That they didn't. Um, a lot of mental mistakes it makes you wonder about a lot of things going on in the organization. Um, they're better than what their record indicates in terms of talent, but yet they don't seem to handle well against good teams. And they'll wet the bet here and there against bad ones. So I'm looking at this series and thinking, this is kind of, this is, we're going to learn a little bit about both teams probably where they are in this series. And I look at this pitching matchup day one. It's a big one for us, Patrick Sandoval, who's, mm-hmm. uh, Coming into a one three one six, but he's not making it deep in the game. So I'm wondering about Stephen Matz. What can you tell us about Stephen Matz? Stephen Matz has there were there were people that were not excited about signing Stephen Matz last year. I thought it was a fairly good move. I, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to say that I was one of those people. Um, but and he had a you know he was injured some last year he you saw some flashes he was really good in the bullpen at the end of last year coming back and he had a strong fairly strong spring training ever since then it's just been terrible i mean it really has and um i i feel like you know any game that steven matts is starting right now you feel like you're the underdog he'll get a couple of two or three innings maybe in but it's eventually going to kind of the wheels are going to come off and you know much like everybody else in the staff, he doesn't strike people out and, you know, his pitches are getting hit hard. Um, and that's, I just think that it, it's not a favorable matchup for the Cardinals, no matter who's the on the other side when Steven Matz is going, at least not right now. So you see them, see him up against Shoy Otani and Hunter Renfro, Mike Trout, and your, what are you thinking right now? I, I'd like not to think about that. Um, <laughs> honestly, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just going to pull up his game logs here, but you know, he's given up four runs or more in three of his five starts. And one of the starts that he didn't, he didn't go f- five innings. Um, he's given up five homers in 26 innings. Um, I mean, Bush stadium is not a homer ballpark and he has pitched three of his games on the road. Um, and so, you know, maybe it's not quite so bad. His one decently good start was two earned runs in five and two thirds against the pirates in Bush. So, you know, maybe that helps, but I, it's, it's not necessarily a matchup that I would be looking forward to. What's this stuff like? It's, and I'm not the best to, to do this because I'm much more looking at the numbers and stuff. But, um, you know, it's kind of, I think it's like a lot of, it's a, you know, your four starter stuff, right? He's not going to, he's not going to, he's going to have to get his ground balls. Um, if he can get the, the ground balls, then he's going to be pretty good. 
I mean, and, and that's the other thing. The Cardinal defense is not as strong as it has been in the past. But, you know, if he's getting ground balls and he's working, the, you know, working well, he might be okay. But, you know, if he starts giving up, you know, singles and doubles, the wheels probably roll pretty quickly. So going to game two, it's Shohei Otani. I'm sure you're excited about that one mm-hmm. coming in. I mean, just a ba- any baseball fan wants to see that. Right. Versus Miles Miklas. And uh, he's been a big... I, I thought he'd be better this year than he has been. Mm-hmm. Nice, He had a nice start last week. That was, that was kind of a little encouraging to see. But overall, where's he at right now? Yeah, the, the last start makes you hope that he's turning in the quarter. Because the first month was a lot worse than expected. You know, the Cardinals signed him to an extension in the spring for two years, $40 million, just kicks in next year. So we've got him for the next, you know, this season, plus two. Um, and when the people, when he signed the extension, everybody was like, hey, that's not bad. He's a, you know, a solid guy. He's not necessarily what you want as your, you know, your number one, which he probably, well, he might be on paper right now, although Jordan Montgomery is the best pitcher on the staff. Um, uh, seeing him, he he's a guy that, you know, again, he's going to have the control. Um, but if he's going, you know, he can go six, seven innings and, you know, keep the ball, you know, game to one or two runs. Um, he, you know, I would like to think that's where we're seeing with Michaelis. We're hoping that he's kind of, you know, shaken off the funk that we've seen, but we've also seen, you know, in his career in St. Louis, we've seen him have, you know, a really good year. His first year in St. Louis was great. Second, next couple of years, he had some injuries, but also kind of took some step back. So. I'm hoping that we're not seeing another one of those step back years and that he's actually going to be a little bit more of what we thought he would be. That takes us into Thursday's game. Griffin Canning versus Jack Mm -hmm. Flaherty. I hear a lot of things about Jack Flaherty, two and three, three, nine, four yard this year. Uh, What can you tell us about? Flaherty has, he should be a guy that you could put as a number one starter. You know, all of us in St. Louis continue to remember back to 2019, the second half of 2019, you know, he put up an ERA that was, I think 1.3 or something. It was the best run of games since Bob Gibson in Cardinal history. I mean, that's when, you know, when you're getting in the Bob Gibson territory, you're doing pretty well. Um, and so we kind of thought, okay, that's, you know, that's extreme, but that's where we're going to, we're going to see this guy be one of these best players. And, and that's what we thought as he came up. But he's never really recovered from that. He's had some injuries, but he's also had, I don't know if it's focus issues. I don't know if it's just, you know, I don't know what it is, but it seems like he gets hit a lot harder than we would expect. Um, he's very capable of going out and throwing a game where you think he's not going to give up a hit. Um, you know, he could go six or seven innings keeping a team down. He could also be a guy that gives up, you know, four or five runs in the first. And, you know, you're kind of out of it before it goes. Um, he's better than he was earlier in the year. The first couple of games, first game of the year, he threw five scoreless innings, but he walked six or seven. I don't remember. He's gotten that under control a little bit. His walk rates, you know, he's striking out more than he's walking, which is better than he was. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that if you're an Angels fan, you know, if he settles in, if he's got two or three scoreless innings and looking sharp, it could be a long night. Um, but you don't know that that's what you're going to get until until it happens. So how are you feeling with this bullpen, too? You know, for a while, feeling pretty good. Because it felt like guys were kind of clicking around. Um, you know, even when the starters were struggling, the bullpen seemed to be um, 
a spot where they would hold the line. And maybe they've been used a little too much in the because the starters weren't going deep. Um, but it seems like lately they've struggled a bit. You know, today they had to throw Giovanni Gallegos and Ryan Helsley just because they hadn't pitched much, and they gave up a had a, a kind of a rough knife, not terrible, but gave up a run on a on a couple walks and a sacrifice fly between the two of them. Uh, Jordan Hicks was terrible at the beginning of the year. I mean, just absolutely terrible. It's seemed to figure it out. The last four or five outings have been good. In fact, they brought him into a fairly high leverage situation last night uh, against Mookie Betts, and he struck out Betts and, and held things down. So if Jordan Hicks is going well, uh, you've got Herbera. This, this bullpen's not bad, but it's starting to show a little bit of cracks here and there, and it's very possible. I mean, the Cardinals have tomorrow off. I think there's a lot of us that kind of expect some sort of shakeup if even if it's just you know a little bit of of roster shuffling, um, not that they have a lot of minor league arms that they could bring up to be bullpen guys, but they do have a guy Matthew Liberatore that they could bring up to be a starter and maybe shift to Stephen Matz uh, into the bullpen. Although probably not since Matz is the the guy that starts the first the, the first game of the series. Um, you know, if the Cardinals have a two run lead in the seventh, yeah, I feel pretty good about things. Problem is, they haven't had a whole lot of those lately. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At some point, knowing knowing the fan base a little bit, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a serious baseball fan base, and there is no real tolerance for, shall I say, poor performance. Mm-hmm. At what point does your manager get in the hot seat? Well, if you are talking about with the fan base, it's already happened. If you're talking about with Ownership, I think it's a long way off. Um, Ollie Marmol has only got a year plus under his belt, and the Cardinals are not a his, historically quick on the trigger 
to remove managers. They removed Mike Schilt after three years, which was pretty surprising, especially since Schilt had just gone into the playoffs. But there were a lot of things around that, and one of the one reasons was they wanted to promote Ollie Mormal. They were very excited about him. Um, I can't imagine. I really can't imagine a scenario outside of some sort of non-related, not baseball-related issue, which, you know, you never know with those. But, you know, if you're looking at just strictly on the field, I cannot imagine a scenario where the Cardinals get rid of Ali Marmol at the end of this year, or at least until the end of the year. And I would be surprised even then. Um, and it's also possible, I mean, if it's it's not easy for fans to accept, but it's also reasonable to say, look, this fan, this we have not had a losing season since 2007. At some point in time, things are just not going to go right. Um, and you can give a guy a mulligan for that, um, unless you can direct some sort of you know, reasoning toward him that's very clear. I think, I mean, again, he's not the reason Nolan Arenado's you know, struggling right now, and he's not the reason that you know, Jordan Hicks couldn't find the strike zone early in the year. Um, it's, you know, do you, you question some of the lineup decisions and things like that? Yeah, maybe you can, but I think you can do that with anybody. Um, so I, as, as hesitant as this front office is to, for change in general, um, I don't think that they would remove him at all during this season, but that, you know, that's just me. I've, I'm wrong a lot of times. All right. Well, I guess. It comes down to asking you this question. How's this series pan out for you? Well, it's definitely going to be different than the last time the Angels came into town. Um, that was an exciting series um, because you had the AP5 coming back for the first time. So it's going to be a little less emotional, let's put it that way. Um, I don't know. Um, the Cardinals have gone into a lot of series with teams that are also struggling and have made those teams better. Um, it seems like so far this year, I would, I would really like to think this is a place where the Cardinals could turn the corner, but with Otani going in one game and the Cardinals have yet to win a opening, uh, game of a series They're 0 and nine in those this year, if that continues. And then you have Otani going in the second game. It's, it's really hard to see how they can win the series. So I'd like to be surprised, but you know, right now we're, it's a little bit of a defeatist of man, how deep does this hole get? Have we hit rock bottom yet? And until they win a series like that, or until they take a, take something, you kind of just don't feel like you've hit it yet um, until you have some proof that they have. So I just want to point this out. I just want to mm-hmm. Leave it to the angels though, to make sure you're one in nine. And, and, and all of us are going to be like, man, Derek, why are you saying that? They know why. Because we always seem to do things like that, so <laughs> this is this is the way of things. When you're an Angels fan, you, you it's almost kind of like a tragedy, you know. You, you uh-huh. expect uh, Murphy's Law to kick in at any point in time, you know. And we, we're, heck, Oakland's beat us twice. Yeah, that's that's got to be hard. I mean, Oakland has six wins all year and two against the Angels, mm, and they yeah. play the Angels tough every time out. Yeah. So if you don't mind, tell me a little bit about the angels. Tell me, I mean, cause you know, we don't, we know, we know trout, we know Otani. Um, but I know, and I know your listeners know all this, but just for me and for anybody that might be listening because I'm on the show, um, give me the, the thumbnail sketch of what the angels have been like this year. 
erratic. Mm-hmm. Erratic. Mm-hmm. Um, fundamentally confusing sometimes in terms of how they play the game. And that's when you look at their lineup and you look at um, their staff and you understand that we have the highest paid bullpen in the league. I don't know how, but we do. Um, they, they should be better than they are. But on the same token, we walked into this year thinking, okay, these, they're, they're a borderline playoff contender. They have better depth than they had last year. But are they a World Series contender? Not right now. Could they develop into that? We'll see. You know, look at Pittsburgh. But I just look at this team and think they're kind of in that area where they have potentially be pretty good, but it won't be good enough to keep Shohei. Mm-hmm. And so they're at a crossroads. This year they're at a crossroads. They were almost sold in the offseason. Your best player is 28 years old, wanting to spend the prime of his career winning. Your other top player, Mike Trout, is over 30 now. He's committed to the organization. But on the same token, what do you do? And when you look at this complex organization where they have a lot of money coming in from Japanese organizations because of Shoyotani, I mean, they're, they're making a good amount of coin off of endorsements and advertising and so on and so forth because of Shohei. But if you're a good baseball guy, you're thinking if the Angels are not not just competing but dominating by early mid July, you got to do the unthinkable and trade them. Because if not, he's leaving at the end of the year, and you're getting nothing for him but a second round pick. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of where where the fan base is. And so with every uh, with every with every game like yesterday, where the, where the Brewers were up seven to one, and all of a sudden the team woke up, and you're like, well, where were you the whole series up to this point? And then today they just they look very good, and they're winning over Milwaukee. You're like, okay, well there's hope. And then the next time out, game one against Cardinals, what are they going to do? Well. You know, so that that's a, this, that's the age of the nutshell. They're they're maddeningly they're maddeningly inconsistent. They're at a crossroads with what they're going to do. Um, the fan base is at a crossroads because we you know you would think it's insane to trade any of these guys, mm-hmm. but the reality is if you are thinking straight objective baseball mind, if they're not if they're out of it July first, you got to move them. But yeah. Yeah, I could, I mean that is going to be the the frustrating thing and the thing that hangs over Angels fans all year long. I do a series at the beginning of the year on, the, on my blog called Playing Pepper, where I talk to other teams, and that was the question that I asked of you know what happens with Otani, and that seems to be the the thing. It's you know you have to trade him if if they're not in contention, but you know I don't know. Do you trust the front office to get the right return for him? I do. I don't know that Artie Moreno will give the green light for that. Mm-hmm. And that there is a problem. And yeah. the fan base is going to be very iffy about it. It's like, if it's me, and our, and our team here is pretty much in agreement, we, we trade them all. Yeah. You said Mike Trout. Why, why keep Mike Trout here into his 30s without winning? Send mm-hmm. him out and give him a chance to win and get something back for him. This isn't just about the Angels, it's about him too. Um, but of course, there's the other son that says there's no way they'll ever do that. You're it's horrible, that sacrilege. No, it's baseball. And yeah. you're trying to win long term. And it's about the team. It's not about the action. It's not about the player as much as you want to be. 
And if you want this team long-term to be success- successful, their biggest problem is organizational depth. They've, when was the last time they developed a superstar? Yeah. Been, it, it's Mike Trout. That's mm-hmm. the last superstar mm-hmm. they developed. It's been a decade, over a decade. So, wow. Yeah. Reload the farm system, and you all of a sudden, in a couple of years, they're they're in it. Yeah, I mean that's that seems to be the right way to do. Um, but you're right. I can I can see why it's also a very tough thing for the, especially ownership, and an ownership that has been wishy washy on its own selling uh, to to pull that trigger. Well, owner, and you know the thing with Otani is is. We all kind of marvel at how he does things, but the reality is the dude's a, a really good dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's genuinely loved. He's he's fun. He, he he truly loves the game. He's a gentleman. He made every effort to learn how to be an angel, how to be how to live in this culture and be part of it, and not just be aloof and off to himself. I mean, and the same for Trout. I mean, people love Mike Trout. Well, you guys a good dude. These are good dudes that you want to see spend their entire careers there. But in the end, if you if you can't win with them, yeah. then you gotta do something both for them and for you. And you know, there's that fan side that never wants to see them leave. If I could see Otani retire the Angels, great. Uh, Money wise, it's a problem. By the way, he's gonna command a record contract. They already mm-hmm. have two big contracts on there. And on the other side of it, there's there's the element of what about your future? What about everything else? So it's a tough situation in, in with the Angels, and to me, this is this is the end game now. This is if they don't win this year, everybody knows it's going to happen with him. So they have to win, and they got to do it between now and I'd say middle of July. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of tough stuff there. So we want to thank you for coming on, and can you let people know where they can find your podcast? Um, yeah, you can find me. I'm at Mimi Musial is on pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those kind of things. Also do another one, uh, another one on Gateway to Baseball Heaven. It's an, another one that I actually record Sunday nights. We'll be recording it tonight. So you'll, you can find it same places. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at C70. You'll get all the links to anything that I podcast or anything I write there. So, uh, you can follow me there. And I'm guessing you're going to have some some angel preview on your side thing, you know, this next couple of days, right? Um, maybe. Um, I don't do as much. We do a lot more reaction than previewing. Um, so I, I I used to do a lot more of the looking forward at the series than I do now. Um, also used to write a lot more than I do now. So, um, but we're <laughs> I think right now, especially Cardinal fans, we're just trying to to find where we can put our feet down and, and, you know, take it one day at a time. But, um, I, I, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people have been looking forward to this series ever since the calendar came out. I mean, this is why baseball went to the, un, the, the balance, the schedule, the schedule that they've got where everybody plays everybody. I'm, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that for some reasons, but I do see the desire of getting a team like the angels into a place that they don't get to play very, very often. So, the place will be full, even if the Cardinals aren't, you know, the Cardinals draw well anyway, of course, you know, but we have seen empty seats when they've struggled over the last few years. Uh, but I imagine it'll be a, a full house for the next three nights, uh, especially on Wednesday with Otani pitching. I'm looking forward to it. And again, thank you for so much for coming on. And, you know, I hope 
oh, we'll see you again soon next year. Hey, I'd love to do it. I appreciate you having me on, and it's been fun. All right, folks, that does it for us today. Thank you, Dan, for coming on the show, previewing the Cardinals for us. We'll be back midweek. Have a great one. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.